Hello, and welcome to another season of I Started Listening. If I don't know you, my name is Peyton Thomas, and it's a pleasure to be back with you. I know it's been a while since the last season, and I apologize for the delay, but I am just really excited for what we have going on this season. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, and if you just um, haven't heard from me in the last year or so, uh, welcome back. This is going to be a really cool season. I feel like my whole life has kind of geared me toward this topic and this and this season, but especially the last few months, I really feel like this topic has been revealed to me in a new way and in, and in an exciting way. And so I'm really excited to to share it with you and and not share all the answers I've gotten so far, but kind of just take you on the journey with me. And that's what this podcast is. From the first season, it's just been, hey, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I would love for you to come along with me. I would love for you to go on the ride with me. I would love to um, reflect with you and have this conversation where I kind of talk about what I'm learning as I listen. And that's where the name of the podcast came from. I started listening is that I, I started to realize that the more I listened to the the world around me and uh, and to my own thoughts even and just reflect that I started to learn a lot about uh, about myself, about my place in this world and, and, and what I can do to not only make the world a better place, but also be more fulfilled in, in my own life. And, and that's just what this podcast is about. So if that sounds interesting to you, um, again, not what's going on in my life, but just the idea of being able to listen to what's around us and then reflect on that, then um, I really feel like you're going to enjoy this podcast. But more importantly, I think you're going to enjoy this season of the podcast. Yeah, I think let's just dive right into it. So the theme for this season, as you might know from the title, is creation. So I started listening to creation, and this is what I'm hearing. The word creation is, it's an interesting word because in the world today, it's a very, it seems like it can be a very divisive, uh, competitive word. For example, if you ask people from two different religions or two different philosophies, what they're, you just say the word creation, uh, that, that might actually lead to some heated debates about uh, what caused the start of the universe or if there is a creation creator or not and um that can be that can be pretty divisive and even within uh folks that call themselves um christians or those that believe in a creator there's still there's still definitely debate and and even conflict around the idea of whether or not the world was created in in seven days as as the bible suggests uh if, if you were to take genesis literally while others um kind of have adopted and and trended toward the idea that it's possible uh, that evolution and and, um, God can actually coexist and they're not mutually exclusive as it's kind of seemed. You know, it seems like there's two different camps in everything, every topic you can imagine in the world today, um, whether it's Coke or Pepsi, 
or um, politics, whatever it is, there's always two camps. And if you're not with me, then you're against me. And I think that's unfortunate in in a lot of respects, especially as we talk about this topic of creation, um, because I'm not in this in this podcast, I'm not going to talk about whether or not I think the world was created in seven days, or whether or not I think uh, God used his creative characteristics to take um, longer and take a more creative route through um, evolution. And that's not what this podcast is about. I think um, the the one the one truth I hold uh, pretty tightly to creation is that in order for there to be something that is created, there has to be a creator. If the world we live in is um, if there is space, if there is time and there is material, which is the universe that we live in today, then um, there has to be something that is spaceless, timeless, and immaterial in order to create those things. And um, I think people around the world have had several ideas about what this could be. And um, my faith kind of subscribes to the idea that uh, this creator is called God. And and so that's kind of what I'm going to be referring to um throughout this season is is the creator it's god as i call him and um, believe and from my perspective um even though the world has kind of used the word creation as um a conflict a conflict point i really believe that creation is creation as intended by the creator is intended to be something that unifies and um, something that creates compatibility and um, interdependence and kind of the opposite of what that word is doing in our culture today. That's what we're going to talk about, not only today, but also throughout this season. Today is kind of a overall, uh, this is what the topic is, and then maybe a quick um, teasers as to what's going to happen over the course of the season. But we're going to be asking questions about, you know, how does creation reveal its creator? And, and you can think of it this way. Uh, every piece of art that you see, um, whether in an art museum or even um, art doesn't have to be just a painting. You know, it could be a poem or a song or, you know, think of the songs that you hear from your favorite artist. Oftentimes you can, um, without necessarily knowing who sings it, just by the the melody or the or the lyrics of a song, you can probably pick up who the artist is, and I think that's how creation is out as well. That um, creation all around us is revealing the the creator. The art is revealing the artist. It's really unique because with songs and with poems and with art, uh, the artist and the songwriter and the poet, they all are people, right? And people are not easy to understand, but it's a lot easier to wrap our head around what someone might be thinking or their character if they're a person. But when we see our and think about our creator, as I mentioned earlier, he is so complex and beyond our comprehension that I think it takes all of creation for us to really understand the character of our creator. Whereas um, each person might have their character of their own and it might be possible to understand a little bit about them just by a few interactions with them however um, I believe that the God of the universe the creator of the universe is so far beyond our comprehension that 
he knows that our brains cannot actually understand um, who he is. So uh, by his grace and, and love and mercy, he says, I'll reveal kind of my character and who I am to you uh, through my creation, through my masterpiece, through my art. And so I think everything that we see in nature is just screaming one aspect of the character of God. You know, God's referred to as a lion, but also a lamb. He's referred to as the fire and the wind. And with our with our human brains, this is kind of beyond our comprehension. You know, a lamb is not a lion and fire and wind aren't necessi- don't necessarily go together. Uh, but yet God says he's both of those things. And I think that's the beauty of nature is that we get to see different aspects of God's character and both are true, but both in our minds are very different. But through nature and through creation, he He shows us uh, what it means, um, or he shows us uh, who he really is. And I've really been drawn the last couple of months to the Garden of Eden. And if you're a Christian, then you probably have heard of the Garden of Eden. And if you're not, you've also probably heard of the Garden of Eden. And the Garden of Eden... um, that's that's the place that God created for the first people, Adam and Eve. And if you're not a Christian and you don't believe in um, Adam and Eve or in the Garden of Eden or, or God, um, it, it still is a good analogy because the word Eden in, in the Hebrew means a, a place of pleasure. And so the Bible says that the Garden of Eden was a place with no suffering, no sickness, no shame, and no death. And that's where the creator walked with his creation. He walked with his people and his his animals and his plants. And if that sounds like something that, um, I, I just feel like that sounds like something that is attractive. Whether or not you believe that there's an actual creator, I th- I would want to live in a place with no suffering and no sickness and no shame and, and, and ultimately no death. And here in this, in this garden, uh, God, God told the first people, Adam and Eve, he gave them this command to tend to the garden and to take care of all the animals. And in this garden, there was peace and there was abundance. There was more food than they could eat. There was um, intimate relationships with, with God and with each other. And and this, it, it sounds like kind of something that heaven would be like or or a utopia would it be like. But then the Bible says, if, if you've read the story or if you've heard the story, that because of Adam and Eve's free will, they ended up eating from the one tree that God said not to eat from. Out of, out of all the abundance and the, the more than more than they needed um, food, they, they ate from the one tree that, that God said that um, they should not. And so because of this, they could no longer live in Eden. They could no longer live in this, this utopia. And, and because of that, God had to kick them out of the Garden of Eden. And this point I struggled with for a long time of why did God have to kick them out? You know, uh, did he just get so frustrated that, that he needed to send them out? You know, I imagine a parent telling their kid, you know, go into your room, you know, kind of like you're in trouble, get out. And, and and as I started to read this and just kind of digest and ruminate on it, I, I kind of realized that uh that God did this out of love. He he had them leave out of love. And here's here's my thought process behind this. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, in the Garden of Eden, there was no death. They would live forever. 
But when Adam and Eve ate the from the tree that they were not supposed to, there it says their eyes were opened to basically evil and, and shame and uh, sickness and suffering. And so they realized, it says they realized that they were naked and they had been naked the whole time, but it wasn't until they ate from this tree that they felt shame about that. And so they went and they got leaves to cover themselves up. And what if, this is just my thought process, what if God sent them out of the garden because he didn't want them to live forever in shame? That if they were going to stay in the garden, they would live forever, but they had experienced this evil and and this negativity and the idea of shame, which I know we all can relate to. And he says, I don't want you to live forever in shame. And so I need you to leave because I want to redeem your story. And so I think that's what the Bible is, is in the beginning, God created this world that was basically heaven on earth. It was the Garden of Eden. And that's how he intended it to be. He intended the humans to live in harmony with the nature around them, with the animals, with the plants, and even with God, the creator. And then because of human free will, they ended up breaking that uh, intended goodness. And because of that, um, because God is a good God, a good creator, he said, I need you to leave, but don't worry. Um, There will be redemption. There will be restoration. And there will be redemption all the way back to what is uh, heaven on earth. And so that's what the Bible is in, in my, through my lenses. It's a redemption story. And so from the beginning all the way to the end, and even I believe what we're living in now, we're living in that continued redemption where ultimately this earth will become heaven once again, but God is constantly giving us the opportunity to bring heaven down to earth and, and, and restore. And, um, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, they were exposed to brokenness. They were exposed to broken relationships. Uh, they were exposed to sickness and destruction. And it says even um, the animals and the plants and nature, they were all affected by humans' decision. There's actually a verse in um, in the Bible, in Romans 8, it says... The entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure the empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. So because of human sin, because of uh, Adam and Eve's screw-up and all of our screw-ups today, um, all all the times that we miss the mark and, and make a mistake, we're actually not only affecting ourselves, but we're also affecting all of creation around us from the people around us to the plants and the animals and, and nature itself. But like I said, uh, the Bible is actually one big redemption story. And because uh, God is a God of love, um, he He sends himself, he sends Jesus down to earth and and we kind of get a glimpse of what heaven on earth is supposed to look like. And one of the things that Jesus says when he's on earth and kind of demonstrating what this restoration will look like and can look like is he demonstrates one way to pray. And it's a very popular prayer, whether you're a Christian or Catholic, or you probably have even heard of it if you don't subscribe to any of these traditions. And as he's praying in the Lord's Prayer, he says "May to to God, to our Creator, he says, 
may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so it says that God's will is actually that heaven would become, or earth would become the new heaven, that through our actions and, and, and through what we do, that we're actually bringing redemption to earth to return to it as, um, to return to it what was intended of it. And, and that's a place like the Garden of Eden. And so how do we do this? Well, Jesus kind of tells us that um, redemption comes and it's demonstrated with how we love people, how we steward our resources, and, and how we interact with the land and with the animals. And and there's hope because um, that verse that I had read earlier, I'm just going to continue the same the the same um, passage. But now, with eager expectation, all creation longs for freedom from its slavery to decay and to experience with us the wonderful freedom coming to God's children. And it says now with eager expectation. And I think that's what we should be doing um, along with creation. We have this eager expectation that um, we can kind of step out of the darkness, out of the, the decay that kind of not only we put ourselves in, but also all of nature in and... Um, and experience the wonderful freedom that that comes from uh, that comes from the Creator, and that's the return to the Garden of Eden. That's the bringing heaven to earth. So I believe, um, yeah, faith is faith is a big deal for me. And one of the things that I believe is that as a Christian, as someone who believes in Jesus, that um, I'm in the business of restoration. And that doesn't mean I go around trying to fix everyone. That means through my own actions. My goal is to bring heaven to earth. And that seems like a pretty big task, bringing heaven to earth. And it would be um, if creation was kind of resisting, okay? Um, But the fact is, I believe creation wants to heal. I think um, all of creation, and by creation I mean humans, animals, different environments, the ocean, that all of these things as I mentioned earlier, were intended to live in balance and harmony and abundance. And even though some, if not all, are not at the moment, that doesn't mean that we're not, uh, that doesn't mean that they do not crave to be healed again. Just like that verse I read, with eager expectation, we're longing to be healed. I have a horse, as many of you know, named Grace, and I've been a in a very long rehab process with her with a lot of a lot of time of uh, a lack of answers and recently a lot more hope i believe but with that i've learned so much from from the creator about um patience and and about just how much our bodies and all of creation interact with each other and it makes it sometimes difficult to pinpoint something directly because it all works together but anyway i I had asked a friend who's also a a horse trainer and and just amazing with with horses what she thought about my my journey with rehab with grace and after kind of giving me some exercises and some things to do with grace she said just remember her body wants to heal and so here i am this whole time thinking that we have to fight an uphill battle and it's not that we don't have to put in work, but cre- it was a good reminder that creation wants to heal, that Grace's body is doing everything it can to heal. It's not resisting me. It's 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 fighting for itself. And I think if we can remember that, that gives us a lot more hope 
for all of creation, and that includes ourselves, of the life that is of a life that's fulfilling and a life um, that's abundant and 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 a life that's full of peace. And I think if we if we steward well our own lives and the lives of those around us, uh, then we can trend toward this direction. And on the way, we'll see the opportunities to learn from creation as it reveals to us how to relate, interact, and experience life. I think the path to a fulfilling life where we bring a bit of heaven to earth is brought about by humbling ourselves and listening to creation. I just, I don't want my ego to get in the way of Eden. You know what I mean? I don't want to be so focused on my ideas or even the latest technologies or what we think of as uh, progression that I forget about the foundational systems that are currently, in reality, they're being left behind. And this is one of the most important points I'll make, and I'm almost done, but creation is the foundation. And when you take away the foundation, it isn't long before the house crumbles. One of the things I've been thinking about recently is our foundation, I believe, is deteriorating. The foundation of the way the creator intended earth to be. I believe that God has given us a blueprint. The creator has given us a blueprint to live a life of abundance, unity, rest, purpose, balance, strength, and patience. It's all around us, in the people, in nature, in plants, and in the animals, in the systems that we see. So are we going to listen? I hope you join me in listening. That's the purpose of this podcast, to reflect myself, but also encourage you to listen to what's going on around you. What can we learn? That was a little uh, introduction to this season for I Started Listening. I am so excited. I think I have over 10 topics that I already know I want to cover for this season for I Started Listening. And so I really hope that you will continue to join me and and share with your friends because I think this is a message that shouldn't be just for uh, a certain group or um, just just for your ears. I think that this message is for all people with all beliefs and we all share the same earth we all are a part of that creation and i just i have a lot of hope i i know i was very blunt about maybe the direction that we might be in right now or the reality of um that we're not where we were intended to be at the moment but i have so much hope because every single day when i walk out the door i see heaven on earth when the, in in people's interactions and in the way that some people have realized that um, we are to steward our resources in order to glorify our creator. So with that, I'm going to end this podcast and I hope you'll join me next week. I'm so grateful that you that you chose to tune in with me this week and I will see you next time. All right. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.